this is Reba McIntyre. You know, over the years, I've seen many people fall victim to drugs and alcohol. Sadly, some of them never recover, and some of them aren't here anymore. Drugs and alcohol not only negatively impact your career, but also your relationships, your finances, your health, and so much more. The good news is that we have choices, and you can choose to say yes to a drug-free lifestyle. And if you're suffering right now from addiction, please reach out for help. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. You're listening to Cheyenne's News and Talk Station, AM 650, KGAB, Orchard Valley, Cheyenne, a Town Square media station. What we're seeing is chaos on the border. I'm Pam Huso, Fox News. That from House Republican Byron Donald of Florida, who spoke to Fox and Friends. Anybody with two eyes can see that this is out of control, and it's all because of Joe Biden and his decision to unwind every uh, protection uh, detail, every situation, how you control the border, every protocol that was put in place by the Trump administration. Detention centers across the southwest border are filled to capacity as hundreds of migrant children and families flood the border daily. The Biden administration has called the situation overwhelming, but not a crisis. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin is in India, where he's urging allies to avoid buying Russian equipment to avoid sanctions. India is planning to purchase a Russian air defense system, but has so far only made an initial payment. Last year, the U.S. sanctioned Turkey for buying that same system. Embattled New York Governor Andrew Cuomo is facing an eighth accusation of sexual misconduct. His administration is also defending itself against allegations that it misled the public about the number of COVID-19 nursing home deaths. This kind of behavior is falsification of records. Uh, there's statutes that we set forth uh, to the as guidance uh, to the federal government during this probe. Uh, you know, we're also looking at this eight is enough piling on scandal with the governor and uh, sexual harassment claims. It looks like there was a hostile work environment. House Republican Claudia Tenney on Fox and Friends. The governor has repeatedly refused to resign despite mounting calls for him to do so. Driver negligence is being blamed for a bus accident in Sri Lanka that killed 14 people and injured more than 30 others. Police say the bus fell off a precipice. The driver was among those killed. America's listening to Fox News.
from the Fox News Podcasts Network, it's Kennedy Saves the World. There should be a proliferation of voices. There are proliferation of voices within the libertarian movement. There are libertarians who have strong disagreements with each other. You know what they do? They have little symposiums and they argue about it. They don't go firebombing each other's houses. And John Brennan, I don't trust you. I don't need to hear from you, but I will take down your arguments one at a time. Kennedy Saves the World. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Did you hear the news? Now you can. With instant updates from Fox News for Amazon Alexa. Breaking stories and top headlines. Daily coronavirus developments. The economy and so much more. Brought to you by Fox News. America's number one cable news network. Plus, setup couldn't be easier. Because everything's ready to go in the app. Just say, Alexa, play news from Fox. In Fox News. It's the latest when you need it. On demand from Fox News and Amazon Alexa. Police in central Germany used pepper spray and batons against protesters who tried to push their way through barriers. Crowds gathered today in the city of Kassel to protest coronavirus measures. Much of Europe is seeing a spike in COVID cases as vaccine distribution falls short of expectations. In the U.S., President Biden is urging Americans to get vaccinated when it's their turn. President Biden told researchers at the Centers for Disease Control in Atlanta, science is back. I hope this is the beginning and the end of not paying attention to what's going to come again and again and again and again. Offering thanks to CDC employees, the president also marked 100 million doses of vaccines now administered in the U.S. Fox's Jared Halpern. For the second year in a row, a holiday tradition gets canceled by the coronavirus. It usually draws thousands of kids to 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue. But the White House Historical Association says the annual White House Easter egg roll has been canceled over COVID concerns. But they've set up some virtual egg roll related activities at WhiteHouseHistory.org. There's a digital jigsaw puzzle, coloring pages, and a virtual scavenger hunt, which will take you on a tour of the executive mansion. Fox's Jill Nato. Seeing the elephants at the San Diego Zoo apparently wasn't good enough for one father. Police say he was arrested after carrying his two-year-old daughter into an elephant habitat to take pictures with the animals. That was before witnesses say at least one of the elephants charged at them. He runs, throws his baby through the gate, and it's seconds from just hitting him. He jumps through the gate, falls, the baby's on the ground. The father was arrested on suspicion of child endangerment. Snap and know-how. Same-day pickup and next-day delivery available at participating stores and on in-stock items only. Your day weather forecast is brought to you by Bob Ruart Motors. The easiest purchase you'll ever make. All roads lead to BobRuartMotors.com. It'll be a good-looking Saturday here around Cheyenne, the region. One more mild day before a cold front arrives overnight tonight. Then we're back in the 30s and near 40 for a high Sunday through Tuesday. Highs this Saturday, though, near 50. Increasing clouds. Could see a little snow shower activity tomorrow and again on Tuesday. This is day weather meteorologist Mark Hewer.
Good morning, good morning. Nick the Motor Guy back here on Cargab. Um, the our, uh, landscapes looks a little different than it did a week ago. Um, we still, we were just starting a, a little bit of snow here and there. And, uh, well, now we're in the meltdown uh, phase, or at least... Well, we may have had the meltdown phase from some folks when they looked out their window on Monday morning, Tuesday morning, and realized that they were buried. Uh, I hope everybody got through it okay. And uh, uh, if you are still struggling moving snow, give us a call. I'm sure that um, between the listeners and myself, uh, we can certainly find some way of uh, helping folks out th out there who are, are still a little buried. I know there are some people who are still trying to dig out so we can uh, we can try and help a little bit i on tuesday it was an interesting day i've uh, now got a new uh, not that i didn't have any lack of respect for our farmers and our ranchers in the area but even more respect after spending over two days about 22 hours in a tractor um yeah those things will beat you to death but uh steve and uh Dave at the at Chair Motorsports and myself climbed in uh, three Mahindra tractors and took off around town in between uh, digging out uh, obviously our businesses and my house and Steve's parents' house and uh, various other people as we were driving uh, the streets of Cheyenne and seeing people struggling we just kind of dug in and it was fantastic to see so many people doing the same thing if you're on Facebook, you'll have seen the stories one after another after another. Oh, this guy just came and did this. Or I walked out and my house was already cleared. I have no idea who did it. It's uh, it's really heartening and a, a big part, again, of what I find so great about being in this community. Um, if you have stories from uh, trying to get through this snow with snowblowers, uh, I know there are a few people who... I uh, found the snowblower just didn't didn't deal with 36 inches. Uh, some who did, I uh, give us a shout. I uh, it was just a week ago where again I say here I was sitting on the show, saying, "Well, we might get it, we might not get it, but uh, just be ready." Uh, luckily, luckily for most of us, we can be pretty prepared for. Uh, for this time of type of storm uh there were some folks particularly out on the north side of town from what i understood who lost power i uh, i gotta say i was very very fortunate and we have high west over where where i live and they were they're amazing we kept power the whole time but a huge thank you to our first responders all those um, workers for our utility companies are out there the plow drivers I, those plow drivers had a heck of a time really really tough I and mean, there were plows getting buried and one on iron mountain road but uh which was completely buried i think they finally got it unstuck yesterday and it was one of the big county kenworth plows so it gives you an idea of the enormity of this storm at times uh if you drive out on some of the county roads you're driving but uh, now that they've cut through some of this you're driving between eight and ten foot walls of snow sometimes higher uh, so again, thank you to everybody out there who's working tirelessly to get us open, get us going, our city workers, our county workers, our volunteers, and again, all our first responders. If you'd like to join me this morning, 632 
6500 We're going to jump to the phones right away. Good morning, you're on Cargap. Hi, Nick. Hello. This is Jerry in Greeley. Hello, Jerry. You had an easy time down there compared to us. Well, that's what I hear, although I personally uh, made some errors in judgment that day on, on Sunday afternoon when um, I was driving west on 14 between Alton and Fort Collins and just past the landfill there was some passenger vehicles had collided somehow and and then uh, a couple of wreckers came out to try to extract them and the wreckers got stuck and then a couple more wreckers came out to extract the wreckers and they got stuck yeah and, and the highway was completely blocked so i made the mistake of trying to jog around on the county roads and ended up uh spending about 16 hours in a snow drift oh no i'm sorry <laughs> Uh, hopefully you had some, hopefully you had some emergency stuff with you. Yeah, I, I had everything, but um, my one of my questions I, I'd like to ask is: uh, Is there anything special I need to consider after having idled for sixteen hours? Do I need to change my oil? Or? I would absolutely change your oil. You may have built up uh, moisture. If you were stuck in a snowdrift, I would definitely get the. Yeah, I assume it was in one of your Ford trucks. Yes, yeah, I get it up in the air and just make sure that you didn't pull anything loose. Um, even if you didn't actually damage anything, what can happen when you get stuck in snowdrifts is that on all modern vehicles, and when I say modern, I'm talking probably 25 years plus, there are small clips which holds the vent lines and fuel lines and brake lines and all the lines that run underneath the vehicle if one of those clips has been one or more of those clips gets broken by being stuck in snow and ice and things like that those can then um sit lower than they should or be able to snag on something mm -hmm. and where right now it's a, a, a you know a sort of 30 cent clip to replace it um, if you snag something, that can be many hundreds of dollars, or worse. Okay. Yeah, I, um, I, I haven't actually crawled under there, but just looking under there, I don't, I don't see any obvious damage yet. But I'll, I'll be uh, inspecting more closely. But, yeah. But, but you highly recommend an oil change. I'd recommend an oil change if you are idling for sixteen hours. Yeah, it's, it's certainly not going to do any harm. How about the tranny fluid? You should be fine. Again, it depends. I mean, if you were, I'm assuming everything around you was literally frozen. Uh, so you shouldn't have got any um, anything in through the vents for the transfer case or the axles. But if you want to be sure, you can pull the level plugs on those. Um, just kind of stick your finger in and make sure that the fluid in there is clear and there's no milkiness to it. And uh, you were talking about having fun on a tractor. Uh, I, I uh, got extracted by a fellow on a tractor and um, big old four-wheel drive John Deere tractor with tires almost as tall as me. And yep, he got stuck several times. We were we were in some bad stuff. Oh yeah, I, I uh, we, one of the reasons. Uh, we went out as three of us was we um, had straps and everything we actually got stuck um we got one of the the bigger 2638 uh, uh mahendras stuck and had to pull it out with one of the little guys well and 
as the um, the tractor was struggling, he, he was having to tow me and and a, and, a, and his own uh, pickup uh, at the same time you know, intermittently. And um, at one time there was a pretty violent jolt, and and uh, I can't tell that that anything might have been damaged from that. But I got to wondering later if if something like that could actually set off airbags. Just just the impact. I know. Not a job because it's in the wrong direction typically. Okay. Um, I guess, I guess it could be a perfect storm, Jerry. But I, I don't. I think it would have to be an absolutely perfect storm for it to to, to cause something like that. Okay. Um, and as far as a big jolt, I, I'm assuming he was tied through the frame or something like that. Um, again, it would be worth getting the vehicle up in the air and just taking a look to make sure. Uh, but typically, we do see at all the shops uh, damage from where somebody's trying to tie on, stuck in a snowdrift or whatever, and they tie around what they think is a frame piece and it actually turns out to be something that's, that's not nearly as strong. Or they tie around an axle. And they don't realize that they've actually tied around the brake line that's running on the back side of the axle. We've, I've actually seen that several times over the years. Somebody will come in with a weird brake pull or, or something like that. And the brake line has been compromised so badly that it's no longer feeding the hydraulic fluid to that wheel. So, yeah, you're getting a brake, uh, brake pull. So they, these are all things when you, you've had a situation such as yours, uh, getting getting a vehicle up on, on a lift or um, getting underneath it, and, and if you do that, obviously, please be careful, um, getting a really, really good look at everything. All right. Well, thank you for the advice, sir. Absolutely. Well, I'm relieved to hear that you're okay. I'm sure that was an awfully long 16 hours. So I mean, Ford truck seats are comfortable, but not that comfortable. <laughs> okay, well, thanks, Dick. All right, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's a great example of um, a situation that if you do find yourself in, or why having an emergency kit with you, with water, with blankets, with everything, um, so, so important. Um if you are running the vehicle at idle, of course, also making sure you got gas, uh, make sure you're full tank. Uh, probably speaking, I, we talked a little bit about this last week, but uh, probably speaking a little bit too late. But the weather changes so rapidly in our area that you never, you can never quite be sure. So having that emergency kit with you in your vehicle at all times can, can well, literally save you. And again, 16 hours in a snowdrift is uh, is not not fun for anybody. As I said, if uh, if you are out there and you are struggling to get out, uh, feel free to give us a call. We will try to we'll try to get somebody out to you, or at least uh, some. Uh, we'll make sure that, that you're helped in some form or other. I think most people are starting to get pretty much completely dug out now. Um, but if you do need help. Please, please give the show a call and we'll uh, do, our, do our best to make sure we get somebody out here. Ask your state senator to oppose HB 39. Paid for by the Wyoming Ophthalmological Society. Adopt US Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting. A teenager. Learning the lingo. Jelly. Jelly agitated. 
Jelly is a shorter, better way to say jealous. As in, Chloe, I am like so jelly of your unicorn phone case. You don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, AdoptUSKids, and the Ad Council. She's real fine, my 409. She's real fine, my 409, my 409. Well, I saved my pennies and I saved my dimes. Nick the Motor Guy back here on Cogab on a, uh, well, slightly warmer if cloudy day here in Cheyenne as we uh, recover from uh, one of our biggest snowstorms we've had in many, many years. And uh, certainly I think the biggest one I've seen in the 30 years I've I've been, or nearly 30 years that I've been here. Uh, hopefully everybody is getting themselves dug out. But again, if you have any uh, need for help, please feel free to give the, the show a call and we'll... Uh, Get somebody out there as best we can. Uh, numbers to call 632 One of the things when you start to have to move an awful lot of weight, um, such as this extremely heavy wet snow we've got, uh, is the incredible difference between a gasoline engine power production and a diesel um over at the sham motorsports we have obviously lots of small plows on atvs utvs and they have their place in fact uh, my son pj who's of course been on the show many times and i Doug got through about half our driveway in two and a half three and a half four foot plus uh drifts of snow with a small utv with an 800 cc engine and a 60 inch plow uh, much to our surprise there was a lot of hand shoveling as well in between as we got it stuck but we were able to get ourselves to the point that i could then walk out to yellowstone road and get somebody to uh, give me a rundown by the way dale steenbergen if you're listening thank you um get down to shire motorsports get to the guys and who are already hard at work for the tractors but once you get in a tractor with a diesel engine and maybe only 30 horsepower but it's again that that torque that push that uh, that a diesel engine can have over a gasoline which makes such a, such a huge difference um and why horsepower ratings really don't mean anything once you get into agricultural equipment it's much more the the spread of power um and of course that's what a diesel engine is so amazingly good at now, having said that, did I want to listen to that rattly monster all day? No, not really. But I, the the strength um, and the ability to get through and the ability, honestly, of course, with a front-end loader to be able to lift the snow out of the way. That was, of course, one of the biggest problems with this snow is even if you were trying to push it, there was so much of it and it was so heavy and so wet that it, all it did was kind of mount up and give you more and more of an issue to, uh, to 
don't know why that's doing that, but let's stop it. All right. <laughs> Obviously, it thinks it's time to go into the news, and we've got at least five minutes. Anyway, where was I? Ability to, to push that snow, be able to lift that snow out of the way. Uh, and just the comparison of being in, again, a, a, a small power, power sports unit with a gasoline high RPM engine that you're constantly trying to find the torque that will allow you to push without hitting into the high power range of the engine would just cause the wheels to spin uh, merrily while digging yourself a large hole did that several times and then pj and i got to dig large holes around it to get the poor little thing back out i uh, again usefulness of having a teenage son with a with a jeep cherokee that could then yank the the uh yank the said four-wheeler back out of the hole that i had dug myself into i'm sure everyone's got lots of uh <laughs> stories to try to get themselves out of this one um again if you'd like to give us a call this morning 632-6500-632-3323-1-888-503-6500 as i uh, was kind of getting ideas for the show this morning i received an email um from my father hugh over in uh over in england and as you know um he's been on the show many times and he's the reason i have this sort sort of cuff motorcycle whatever fanaticism for anything with an engine so anytime i uh, that he finds uh interesting articles they land in my email and this morning was uh, was one which was quite sad for me i uh, Mitsubishi, which has been a manufacturer uh, for many, many years, known over here more for their partnerships with Dodge in the 1980s. Uh, Mitsubishi Cars uh, worldwide has just decided to pull out of the UK market after 47 years. Now, that's been rumored for many years over here in the States, and I would actually be extremely surprised if, it, if that doesn't now happen here as well. But it made me think back to all the Mitsubishis that I sort of kind of admired or had a bit of a hankering for or just remember over the years. As I was growing up in the 1970s, Mitsubishi was one of the up-and-coming Japanese companies along with Honda and Datsun at the time, of course, Toyota or Toyopet, I believe. I remember having a friend I played rugby with many years ago. Um, his parents driving around a, a blue Toyopet. It was a big old, it seemed like a big car at the time. Of course, in England, uh, if it was anything much bigger than a Mini, it seemed big. But Mitsubishi always had sort of interesting designs. They had slightly different curves. I remember them being one of the first cars that had a five-speed transmission. I couldn't have been more than eight or ten years old, maybe a little younger. I remember having uh, asking my asking my father, well, "What's a five-speed transmission?" Um, they were one of the first ones to come out with that. And now, of course, I mean the, the, the thought of having. A manual transmission with three or four gears is, is almost uh, laughable. Um, but it had cloth upholstery and it had digital clocks and all this fancy stuff which hadn't even been considered at that point by Ford or in, in, in Britain, British Leyland, which of course over here gives MG Triumph and various other companies. 
uh, Vauxhall, which was the uh, European or the British wing of uh, General Motors. They, they were still very standard, boring cars. And then suddenly, this early, mid to late 70s, pushed by the Japanese manufacturers, produced some really, really interesting vehicles. Over here in the American market, of course, they tied up with Dodge, and you were starting to Tiki and Iacocca as he was trying to rescue Chrysler. Um, the K car, there's big chunks of that K car, and yes, the K car is kind of laughed at now, although I'm seeing they're starting to be uh, collectible. Yeah, that's almost funny as well. Anyway, the, the Dodge Aries and Plymouth Reliance and all those cars of the day, many of those relied on having a Mitsubishi engine. The, the uh, Dodge Colt, which over in Britain was the Colt car. In fact, Mitsubishi did not produce cars under the Mitsubishi name um, in the UK market until 1984. It was the Colt car company. Um, and you had various cars under it, and one of them uh, was what was known over here as the Dodge Colt. And it had a very, very interesting transmission. So... Mitsubishi, as I said, was one of the earlier companies to come out with a standard five-speed. But the Dodge Colt and its equivalent in Britain, it didn't just have five-speeds. It had something that they um, referred to as the twin stick. And that was literally a four-speed transmission with dual ratios. So you then had eight speeds. It was quite a gimmick at the time, and it was something that... Wait, the first time you see one, it's, it's quite strange to look at, particularly in what is a basically a little Econo box. But it, uh, it worked good. Um, wasn't something that lasted a long time. But again, companies like Mitsubishi in the 70s, they kept on pushing them. And human services and the Ad Council. In 1977, an 8-year-old boy picked up the game of golf from his father. The odds of that same boy winning the U.S. Open twice, one in 1.2 billion. The odds of him having a child diagnosed with autism, one in 110. Ernie Els encourages you to learn the signs of autism at AutismSpeaks.org. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. NASCAR champion Bobby Lavani here with my brother Terry and my nephew Justin. You know, every sport has its essential safety gear. For racing, we wear helmets, fire retardant suits, and no mech gloves. For fishing, waterfowl hunting, and boating, we wear life jackets. After an intense race, there's nothing more relaxing than bass fishing or a little duck hunting on the lawn. to tell you, on the track or on the water, accidents happen fast. Your day weather forecast is brought to you by Bob Ruart Motors. The easiest purchase you'll ever make. All roads lead to BobRuartMotors.com. It'll be a good-looking Saturday here around Cheyenne, the region. One more mild day before a cold front arrives overnight tonight. Then we're back in the 30s and near 40 for a high Sunday through Tuesday. Highs this Saturday, though, near 50. Increasing clouds. Could see a little snow shower activity tomorrow and again on Tuesday. This is day weather meteorologist Mark Huor. Pain or no pain. 
teething, your wisdom teeth should be checked every year. If wisdom teeth come in properly and meet the right conditions, they are generally safe to keep. But left unchecked, they can put you at risk for gum disease, tooth decay, and damage to adjacent teeth. Some wisdom teeth grow in at such an angle that they never break through the gum, which can lead to tooth decay, gum disease, cysts, and tumors. These impacted teeth can only be seen on x-rays so the damage they may cause can go undetected if they are not checked by a dental professional. Some people just don't have enough room for another tooth in their mouth, so their wisdom teeth can affect adjacent teeth when they come in. This can make it difficult to chew, difficult to keep them all clean, and misalign your teeth. Not all wisdom teeth need to be removed, but they all do need to be monitored by an oral and maxillofacial surgeon. Find a surgeon near you for a complete examination. If your wisdom teeth do need to be removed, the procedure can be done in an office setting with minimal post-operative pain and swelling. Remember, pain or no pain, your wisdom teeth should be checked every year. Find your local oral and maxillofacial surgeon at myoms.org. Wonder if you should get tested for colorectal cancer? Well, it's the second leading cancer killer in the U.S. And screening helps prevent it. So if you're 50 or older, it's time. Even if it doesn't run in your family. Most often, colorectal cancer occurs in people with no family history. And it doesn't always cause symptoms, especially early on. So don't wait for symptoms to get tested. Screening helps prevent the disease by finding precancerous polyps so they can be removed. Remove the polyp, prevent the cancer. Screening also helps find colorectal cancer early when treatment works best. You might be thinking, oh no, not that test. But here's the thing, you have options. There's more than one screening test. Talk to your doctor to find the one that's right for you. No more excuses. If you're over 50, get tested because colorectal cancer screening really does save lives. A message from HHS and CDC's Screen for Life campaign. You get in your car, start it up, and press the gas. And from your phone, you hear, and you respond. And then in your rear view, OMG, it's a COP. And then you learn that a ticket for texting and driving is nothing to LOL about. You drive, you text, you pay. Paid for by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. She's real fine, my 409. She's real fine, my 409, my 409. Well, I saved my pennies and I saved my dimes. AM650, KJB, Nick the Motor Guy, back here on CarGab. If you'd like to join me this morning, 632-6500-632-3323-188-503-6500 for those listeners out of the area on KGAB.com. Let's jump to line one. Oh, no, line two. Let's get the right one. Good morning, you're on CarGab. Greetings from your friendly neighborhood domestic terrorist. Hello, sir. How are you? Pretty good. Well, you guys, you guys got in one shot our total accumulation for for the year. Yeah, we yeah. did not get blasted at all this year, like we thought we would. 
which I'm not particularly complaining about. <laughs> no, I didn't think you would be. Uh, this is a mess over here. We, we're getting through it. And as I said, the community's been amazing in supporting each other, but it, it's a bit of a mess out there in places. No doubt. Well, you brought back a... You made me relive a nightmare. Uh-oh. When I was... <laughs> when I was helping a buddy at his shop, and we pretty much tackle about anything and we had a Mitsubishi come in that uh, needed timing belts replaced oh it wasn't the V6 was it it was uh, it was an inline transverse four. Oh, okay but it yeah. right up against the the fender well yeah right against the uh, the strut housing yeah there ain't a lot of room yeah and and we're trying to find timing marks on these pulleys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, okay, so, but then we get it back together and guy says, well, there's a vi- strange vibration in it. Called a balance well, shaft, we, probably, right? Yeah, and <clears throat> we not only had to <clears throat> redo the timing belt with which we just barely got loose. I don't know how we found the the timing marks managed to get it on and leave them lined up but then we had to go behind it and find the balance shaft and there's there's, there's no if you can see it you can barely see it let alone access it yep yeah the, the balance shaft is always I and uh it's been an interesting thing. I mean, balance shafts were something which really came into vogue as uh, four-cylinder engines became bigger and bigger. Um, because a four-cylinder engine is not naturally a very smooth engine. And when you start to get into the sort of two-plus liter size of um, four-cylinder engine, they, they get a bit vibratory. Um, what a balance shaft does, for those of you uh, sitting out there going, what? on earth is he talking about it is a weighted shaft that rotates typically counterclockwise to the rotation of the crankshaft which is what basically controls all the power the pistons going up and down and transfers the the uh, uh power to the transmission um so the balance shaft will rotate counterclockwise to that basically um neutralizing the natural vibrations from the crankshaft but it has to be timed so those weights and everything are running in, um together uh mitsubishi was a fairly early one porsche used this honda did it and honda did it um in a different way which actually has caused quite a bit of consternation with backyard mechanics over the years Honda had a timing belt, and unlike most other companies who would run a additional pulley for the balance shaft on the same belt, they would run a small um, separate tooth belt to the balance shaft. And quite often you'd have somebody who would do, and this is particularly on the sort of late 80s through the 90s Honda Accords um, with their 2.2 liter engines. They would do the timing belt and they would not do the balance belt. Well, unfortunately, 
if the balance belt failed, yes, it would actually be almost... The timing belt failing is never good on a modern vehicle because valves and pistons argue with each other. But even worse is when the timing belt holds together and the balance shaft belt and a Honda lets go because then the balance shaft and the crank can argue each other and the resulting mess is catastrophic. Yeah, and I'm wondering how they do that, how they reverse the rotation with the belt drive. Um, but you usually through an idler. So it'll be an idler, so it turns, so the belt will come over the top and back around, so you're actually turning the balance shaft uh, the opposite direction. Boy, now you know why I, I like stuff with gear training. <laughs> <laughs> if they do the same thing, actually, it's quite common to see that on chain-driven as well nowadays. So what you'll do is you'll have your... Um, chain coming up from your crank to your camshaft and it might drive a water pump um, and then and rather than being consistently over the top of all the pulleys it'll come over the top of one and then underneath another creating uh, creating the reverse rotation okay that makes sense yeah, it's actually a quite a, quite a common mechanical thing to happen. Well, like I said, <laughs> I still like stuff with gear trains. You still it. like it? Yeah, I understand. And big and big chunks of metal, and uh, not necessarily high revving because high RPM does eventually wear things out more quickly. And, and in your recent snowstorm, I think you developed a newfound appreciation for things with gear trains in them oh absolutely and I, I, I newfound appreciation for diesels as long as i'm not having to smell them work on them or listen to them oh yeah but i mean there's <laughs> nothing more refreshing than the smell of fresh diesel fuel in the morning yeah i i've skits that has been something that i have not liked my entire career i'm sorry i am not an aficionado of diesel smells in fact, I think don't worry, you will be. <laughs> oh, I, you know, you know. I, 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 I've, I've been I've around him a long time. Seventy-nine Dodge pickup. <laughs> You've already grown a beard, and pretty soon you'll you'll start dipping Copenhagen and liking diesel. <laughs> so I'll tell you where my the greatest, well, my worst memory of diesel was. Years and years and years ago, I worked for a pub owner just outside of Canterbury. He was a tremendous character. Derry was somebody who, he was, he, was, he was a real rogue, but he was a great character. And as well as running the pub, he owned two 1930s Paris town buses. And what he used those for was... Um, for special events and he would sell seats on these um, buses and he would have a piano in there and a bar in there and he'd get he need to have a van which supported it with all the catering food and we do some of the major sports events so that we do the england france rugby game of course, or something like that mm -hmm. and one time he 
put together a group of uh, the Conservative Club in Canterbury, and he took them, we went across on the uh, ferry to France, and he asked me to drive one of the buses. This was my earliest earliest um, learning of driving a, a crash gearbox, so no sinkers, nothing. But he had replaced the original Renault eight-cylinder straight gas engine with international harvester diesels. But Derry being Derry had done it, you know, in a barn while paying the people who were working on it, probably in beer at the same time as they were working on it. So it wasn't terribly well done. And the wiring was a nightmare and the darn thing would always break down. Anyway, so I, I pulled this bus onto the ferry and I'm, all the conservative club go up into their, their cabins and whatever. And I'm sitting, I uh, get going across the channel for whatever the crossing was two, three hours. I don't remember now. Anyway, I went down before everybody got in the bus and it wouldn't start. And I then spent the next 40 minutes as they were unloading around us before the conservative club members coming down slowly rocking back and forth in the bottom of this ferry um stinking smelling diesel and wanting to die mm. and i've never quite got over from that that was also the time that i almost killed about 15 people coming down a hill in france when the the other problem when you run a paris town bus on open roads is paris town buses were designed to do about 10 miles an hour because they in a big city never even in the 30s never went very quickly and you were sitting up in this little rabbit hutch. I mean, pull up a picture of one. You, you know, you got the main coach thing, but the driver sat on top of the engine in a little tiny rabbit hutch, with the huge gear lever and a handbrake lever, and your, your typical, you know, clutch, gas, and brake. But the brake, I'd never understood until he first taught me how to drive it, why the handbrake lever was so huge. Well, the reason was that the foot brake was pretty worthless. And so you would actually throw that handbrake lever forward to help you brake. Well, I point out that it's a French <laughs> yeah, I think really. Yeah. Before I met Max, I was being tormented by the French for many years, including that bus. It was actually a fascinating, one of them was fascinating, it was known as Greenpeace, because it had at one time, before Derry rescued it, been a protest bus for Greenpeace in the 60s and 70s. Uh-huh. So, anyway, a lot of fun driving. You couldn't steer it um, unless you were moving, because, of course, no power steering, and it was, um, one of them was kind of a weird, almost chain and gear steering mechanism which meant that at 30 miles an hour it wandered all over the road uh but oh, yeah boy that was fun i'll bet it was fun and again great education as far as learning to work on something keeping it running trying to get it around get, uh, tight roads open roads and i remember coming over the top of this hill with all these drunken conservatives in the back and i'm coming down into boulogne and the light went red and there was no stopping this thing and all i remember is everybody seeing this bus barreling along at 25 30 miles an hour with my eyes as big as they could be honking the horn so they got out of the way and thank god they did 
But it was, uh, yeah, interesting times. Heck of an right, education well, as an 18-year-old, I can tell you that much. I'll, I'll bet. Well, as always, dead votes don't count. It's better to live under a rock than to drown in a cesspool and flush twice. Yeah, and, 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 and vive la France. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Take care, my friends. See ya. See ya. Sorry, sorry about the stories, folks. I, I, that one came up. I don't think I've ever uh, talked about that on the show. But I, the the, uh, the the pub I um, worked at, and my sister worked with me there as well. And we we our uh, formative years um, while working for uh, Derry Williams and his wife Jan. And uh, he 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 was a character. You never quite knew what was going to happen next. Motorsports.com or see the CF Moto lineup at Cheyenne Motorsports, 2000 Westland Road, delivering fun since 1967. Pain or no pain, your wisdom teeth should be checked every year. If wisdom teeth come in properly and meet the right conditions, they are generally safe to keep. But left unchecked, they can put you at risk for gum disease, tooth decay, and damage to adjacent teeth. Some wisdom teeth grow in at such an angle that they never break through the gum, which can lead to tooth decay, gum disease, cysts, and tumors. These impacted teeth can only be seen on x-rays, so the damage they may cause can go undetected if they are not checked by a dental professional. Some people just don't have enough room for another tooth in their mouth, so their wisdom teeth can affect adjacent teeth when they come in. This can make it difficult to chew, difficult to keep them all clean, and misalign your teeth. Not all wisdom teeth need to be removed, but they all do need to be monitored by an oral and maxillofacial surgeon. Find a surgeon near you for a complete examination. If your wisdom teeth do need to be removed, the procedure can be done in an office setting with minimal post-operative pain and swelling. Remember, pain or no pain, your wisdom teeth should be checked every year. Find your local oral and maxillofacial surgeon at myoms.org. You get in your car, start it up, and press the gas. And from your phone, you hear, and you respond. And then in your rear view, OMG, it's a COP. And then you learn that a ticket for texting and driving is nothing to LOL about. You drive, you text, you pay. Paid for by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration. She's real fine, my 409. She's real fine, my 409, my 409. Well, I save my pennies and I save my dimes. AM650 KJB Nick the Motor Guy back here on Car Gab, kind of wandering all over uh, stories at the moment. Uh, if you'd like to join me this morning, 632-6500, 632-3323, for those listening out of the area on KGAB.com. As you're saying in the break, I was actually texting back and forth with my sister in London who is uh, is listening as usual. Uh, and uh, my sister, Izzy, was, uh, was a big part of uh, working, working at that uh, pub. The Three Horseshoes, which usually got called all kinds of other names, but it always had the word three in it. Uh, those people, uh, and 
the people that you meet in life and the people I've been for so fortunate to be around over my life. And sometimes it was not always, you weren't always taught maybe the right way of doing things. I mean, certainly mechanically, what Derry managed to do to those buses and quite honestly, everything else he, uh, he tried to work on or owned always had some kind of uh, weird engineering that uh, you would make but well quite honestly makes me cringe even thinking about driving it now but what an experience what a uh it certainly um taught me to uh think on my feet and uh the ability to or the I, i'm not sure it's an ability but um the knowledge that you that I took from that, and we all took from those experiences with Derry and those darn buses, of being able to go, okay, this is broke, or we forgot that, or, but you've got all these people that now rely on you because they paid a lot of money to be on this bus and gone to some fancy sporting event. Um, and again, the the gift of the gab, and I, I, I admit that I may have grabbed a little bit of that from Derry, but I was certainly never to his skill level. I remember going to Twickenham in about 1986 or 87 for the England-France rugby match. And again, all these businesses, and they had tickets. Well, of course, we didn't. And uh, we we uh, fed them all, and they went off to the match. And Derry, in his inimitable way, okay, dear boy, let's let's go and see the match. And I said, how are we getting in? And he said, you just follow me. Don't worry about that. And I watched him talk his way through with the utmost confidence, three sets of security guards, and 15 minutes later, I'm sitting in front of the England-France rugby match in one of the one of the sort of special areas within Twickenham. <laughs> I remember just looking going, I don't know how you did that, but you did. Uh, again, great memories, uh, great learnings, and I will never, ever forget driving those those buses they were they were wonderful to drive uh they were so challenging learning to to just float the gears perfectly getting the great satisfaction particularly when you were first learning to drive them of swapping a gear of course no clutch either you're just floating floating the gears as we were talking about with mike the other day uh from l triple c on the cdl program I, and just getting to click him both on an uh, upshift and a downshift with not a hint of a grind not a hint of a um uh, a jerk for the, the for the passengers not that they would have noticed because most of them were fairly well lubricated by then anyway but the just the satisfaction as a driver and I, I think that's the thing that has carried through for me I mean this is now oh my gosh uh 35 plus years ago that I was um able to do this and I can still feel that satisfaction and that challenge and be again looking as far as possible ahead of you because these things did not stop they were terrifying um the good thing is that everybody was looking at them because it wasn't often that you saw a paris town bus barreling down the road with somebody loudly playing a piano in the back and various uh, shenanigans going on behind that so it did draw lots of attention Anyway, Hendra, whether it's for work or play, come and see us at Shire Motorsports, where we've been delivering fun to the region since 1967. 
You're listening to Cheyenne's News and Talk Station, AM 650, KGAB, Orchard Valley, Cheyenne, a town square media station. Wonder if you should get tested for colorectal cancer? Well, it's the second leading cancer killer in the U.S., so if you're 50 or older, it's time. Screening helps find precancerous polyps so they can be removed. Remove the polyp, prevent the cancer. Did you know there's more than one screening test? Talk to your doctor to find the one that's right for you. No more excuses, because colorectal cancer screening really does save lives. A message from HHS and CDC's Screen for Life campaign. We're all part of your community. We all play a role in keeping our community safe. So protect your everyday. If you see something suspicious, say something to local authorities. She's real fine, my 409. She's real fine, my 409, my 409. Well, I saved my pennies and I saved my dimes. And 650 KGB, Nick the Motor Guy, back here on Car Gab, Bus Gab today, um, <laughs> whatever you want it to be. Uh, it, it, we're just running up into the top of the hour news, uh, and if you'd like to join me, uh, give us a call in the second hour, 632 Second hour, I'm going to talk a little bit more about the Mitsubishi, and, and quite honestly, the, the the sadness of seeing a, a major name played, at least in my career, and quite honestly my life, um, slowly disappear. Um, it is now part of the Renault-Nissan group, uh, which uh, I think is what's going to happen, is it will be swallowed up uh, and disappear, much like uh, so many great uh, American nameplates over the years. Um, Pontiac, Oldsmobile, and all the rest. Uh, Plymouth. Uh, of course, Mercury's gone now. Um, who'd have thought? I mean, the, the one that always just amazes me that it's gone is Oldsmobile. When I got to this country, I, and every other car you sold, you saw was an Oldsmobile. Back in the 80s, that was the number one selling car in this country. By 2004, it was gone. It just shows how mismanagement and poor designs and not listening to the customers can can create the end of things and this is unfortunately also what happened i believe with mitsubishi but we'll talk about that more on the other side plus i'm sure other things here on am 650 kgab are getting more crowded. I'm Pam Puso, Fox News. Detention centers along our southern border are overflowing with migrants, and this has the Biden administration searching for other facilities. 
The Washington Post reporting that officials are looking to possibly fly migrants all the way up towards the Canadian border, places like Montana and South Dakota. It's worth noting, you know who pays for those? The American taxpayer. And they're already doing it by flying them on planes from McAllen, Texas, the RGV sector in El Paso. Fox's Griff Jenkins, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, who has called the situation a challenge, visited the border yesterday. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi says the White House has it under control. She's lying to the American people again. This is propaganda being used by her again because our southern border is out of control. It is the fault of Joe Biden in this administration. House Republican Byron Donald on Fox & Friends. Razor wire is being removed from the outer fencing around the U.S. Capitol, and later this weekend, the fencing itself is expected to come down. The fence was put in place after the January riot. As Tiger Woods recovers at home from the California car wreck that left him with multiple leg injuries, there are reports that the pro golfer never hit the brakes as he lost control of his car last month. Sources tell TMZ there's no evidence that Woods ever took his foot off the gas. Officials have also said there's no evidence that Woods was impaired at the time of the accident. Pro-democracy protesters in Thailand were met by police in riot gear who used water cannons on crowds that had gathered near the king's palace. Demonstrations erupted in Bangkok after Parliament failed to pass a bill to rewrite the military-backed constitution. America's listening to Fox News. Kilmeade, co-host of Fox and Friends and host of the Brian Kilmeade Show on Fox News Radio. Join me this Monday and all week long for Fox News Primetime on Fox News Channel. Get the latest breaking news and information on top stories you want to know about, including the latest on the crisis at our southern border and getting our country back to school and work amid COVID. Fox News Primetime, live 7 p.m. Eastern on Fox News Channel. America is watching. Connect to Fox News Audio on the Fox News app. Listen to hear your favorite hosts like Brian Kilmeade, Jimmy Fallon, and Guy Benson standing up for what's right live and via podcast. Just click listen, then swipe right and hear the latest news updates on your time. And scroll down to hear the latest podcasts from Fox News. And it's even easier to listen in the car with Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. Get programming alerts and notifications. Fox News Audio is on the Fox News app. The Voices America Trusts. Download it now. Jury selection will continue next week in the trial of former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin, who is charged with murder stemming from the death of George Floyd. 13 out of 14 jurors have been seated. Judge Peter Cahill denied the defense's requests for a trial relocation and delay. The defense arguing there's been too much pretrial publicity, including last week's press conference when, as jury selection in the Floyd case was ongoing, the Minneapolis mayor and city officials locked arms with attorney Ben Crump and the Floyd family to announce a record $27 million settlement. This week, the judge unseated two jurors who revealed the news of that payout swayed their opinion. Fox says Matt Finn, the judge also ruled that limited evidence from a 2019 arrest involving Floyd will be allowed at trial. Years after going cold, a criminal case in Massachusetts has been solved. 
The murder of Virginia Hannon at her Massachusetts home remained a mystery for decades. Now, investigators say they have DNA evidence that links Jesse Aylward to the 1984 murder. Aylward died last year, but reportedly confessed to a friend that he killed someone many years ago in the town of Pembroke. Investigators say that friend immediately called police, giving them time to obtain a blood sample from Aylward they eventually matched his DNA to the crime scene. Carmen Roberts, Fox News. It's the day many of us have been waiting for. Spring arrived just after 5.30 a.m. Eastern time and with it, some better weather in much of the country. A little bit cool still across parts of the East Coast, but overall we've got some great weather. We need it after all the severe weather this week. We do have a little disturbance that's going to develop right off the Southeast Coast uh, and that's going to keep things a little bit rainy right along the immediate coastline, but interior section is not that bad. Fox meteorologist, I'm Pam Puzo. This is Fox News. At Napa, when it comes to serving you, our motor never quits. And when it comes to getting you the part you need when you need it, with next day delivery or same day pickup, our motor never quits. And when it comes to making a difference in our local communities by hosting fundraisers and food drives, our motor never quits. And when it comes to telling you our motor never quits, yep, you guessed it, our motor Napa know-how. Same day pickup and next day delivery available at participating stores and on in-stock items only. Your day weather forecast is brought to you by Bob Ruart Motors. The easiest purchase you'll ever make. All roads lead to BobRuartMotors.com. It'll be a good-looking Saturday here around Cheyenne, the region. One more mild day before a cold front arrives overnight tonight. Then we're back in the 30s and near 40 for a high Sunday through Tuesday. Highs this Saturday, though, near 50. Increasing clouds. Could see a little snow shower activity tomorrow and again on Tuesday. This is day weather meteorologist Mark Hewer. And we're back. Nick the Motor Guy back here on Cargab AM650 KGAB for our second hour of the day. Uh, if you'd like to join us, 632 1-888-503-6500. Earlier in the show, I started to talk a little bit about a, a Japanese company 
um, which automotive company, although huge engineering company, like so many of them, um, the automotive or the motorcycle piece is a tiny piece of what they are. Um, however, Mitsubishi just uh, announced they were going to pull out of the United Kingdom market after 47 years. And although they are still selling cars here in the US, uh, it is a tiny number compared to what they did. And I really, really would not be at all surprised to see the Mitsubishi nameplate disappear from the US market. And it made me think of um, some of the cars and make that quite honestly do a little bit of research on some of the cars that I remember that made, made a difference at the time. And one of the things that I uh, made a difference, quite honestly, to the US market wasn't the Mitsubishi nameplate. It was actually the fact that uh, Chrysler jumped into, um, quite, quite honestly, jumped into bed with Mitsubishi and made vehicles which uh, were then badged as Dodgers or Plymouths and uh, vehicles like that and carried Chrysler through the very, very uh, dark times of the, of the 70s and 80s. In fact, there was a, a, a saying coined at the time, and sorry, uh, Ron, if you're listening, but uh, uh, Mopabishi, where the many vehicles were actually very thinly veiled Mitsubishi cars with a Dodge badge or a Plymouth badge slapped on them. Uh, and the ones that weren't, they were the ones that were actually uh, designed by Chrysler often carried Mitsubishi uh, components in them. In fact, the other piece that a lot of people uh, don't realize, the early Hyundais, the, uh, sorry, Hyundais, I'm, I'm going back into the English piece here, um, the early Kias, those were all Korean-built Mitsubishis built under license. And quite honestly, I mean, if we remember the, the, the days of the 80s, uh, Hyundai and Kia, who are now major manufacturers with great cars in their own rights, um, they, they were the, the, the butt of every late-night comedian's joke, I and mean, they were pretty terrible cars. But jumping back to Chrysler, I remember when I was uh, first working... Um, at a, sh a shop here in Cheyenne, and a uh, an Aries came in. It was light blue. It had a white vinyl roof. I mean, they weren't pretty cars, right? It had unnecessary chrome everywhere. It had one other unnecessary piece. And what it said in quite bold letters on the front fender was 2.6 liter. Remember, this is a Dodge product, so we're playing off a bit of heritage here. But remember, this is on a Dodge Aries. It's a 2.6 liter. And I'm gonna give a heart attack to all those Mopar guys from the 70s. Hemi. Yeah, folks. Chrysler dug up the Hemi badge and stuck it on the side of an Aries with a Mitsubishi engine. Now, it was actually true. Back in the mid-70s, and uh, when Skitz called early, he alluded to this, um, Mitsubishi was really at the head of uh, 
developing the bigger four-cylinder engines. Four-cylinder engines up to then, typically in cars, have been one liter, 1.3, 1.6 liter, um, very occasionally two liter engines. But Mitsubishi was pushing that design bigger and bigger and bigger. As I said earlier, one of the challenges when you do that with a force engine is you cre create vibration. And in 1975, Mitsubishi developed a uh, range of engines called the Astrons. And the Astron engines were um, overhead camshaft engines, large displacements for a four-cylinder. So as I said, typically 1.3, 1.6 liter, suddenly 2.6 liter engines, such as the aforementioned Hemi, um, they really struggled with vibrations. So they were the first company to come up with something called the silent shaft. What the silent shaft was, was a balance shaft, which is, again, what we, uh, Skits and I were talking about a little earlier when, and it really did throw a lot of uh, mechanics off because these balance shafts had to be timed in line with the crankshaft so that they would cancel out those, those vibrations. And when folks were working on them for the first time, they didn't know about this and suddenly you had all kinds of blown up engines and problems and major vibrations because nobody knew about it. However, one of the things that it did do was open up to other car manufacturers the ability to go to big four-cylinder engines. You've got to remember the 70s, at this point we had gas crises and um, pushed to smaller vehicles, but we still wanted some performance. Uh, V8 engines were really going away uh, completely, and, and the V8 engines that were being produced, as most of you remember, were absolutely horrible, producing still mountains of torque, but absolutely no power whatsoever. And somewhat akin to tractors I was talking about earlier. Um, however, Mitsubishi coming up with the silent shaft technology or balance shafts and actually using them in an automotive engine was something that got the attention of major manufacturers very quickly. And in fact, they ended up selling the licenses um, and patents to major companies such as Volkswagen and Porsche and Saab and indeed Fiat. Um, which then developed uh, the, the big four-cylinder engines, which went on to dominate, particularly in the case of uh, Porsche, Porsche throughout the 1980s. So that was a Mitsubishi development. Mitsubishi was also one of the first companies to really climb on the, uh, the turbo bandwagon. And it seems strange now to... To think about turbochargers having because here we are we've gone back we've almost gone full circle we're just better at doing turbocharging um because now we've got ford's EcoBoost or um uh, i don't remember all the different names of manufacturers they're using but they're all using turbochargers to create more power cleaner power out of a small engine uh, well that happened again in the 1980s and in fact in 1982 um, the Mitsubishi uh, finally came to the American market with their own name. They were actually Mitsubishi Motors. They were no longer uh, badge Dodgers 
Oh, sorry. Mitsubishi cars as Dodge badged cars. And one of those cars they produced, well, they, they developed three cars for the American market. The Tridia, the Cordia, and the Starion. Now, the Starion had a twin over at Dodge called the Dodge Conquest, and some of you might remember that. It was a really pretty for the day coupe with a turbocharger, big engine that used the 2.6 liter, a four-engine Hemi, although, thank goodness, they did refrain from using those badges. Um, very fast for its day, um, very highly developed, and really started a movement over here to the sort of hot performance hatchbacks that uh, a lot of uh, companies, Toyota, Nissan, and indeed even the uh, Chrysler over here with the Dodge Charger all kind of copied that um, a little bit. The Cordia was a fairly mundane hatchback, but it meant a lot to me. And I don't know why. It had a kind of unique bit of styling. Instead of the, the wheel arches at the back, they come down from the, the C pillar, the, the, the back pillar where the hatchback was um, started. And the wheel arch was squared off, so it, it always caught your eye because it had this kind of strange line, body line that came back and rather curving round the wheel arch like every other car for many years. It sort of went straight in a squared thing across the, across the back, and it appealed to me. And I remember sitting at Norton Natural School, which I was generally failing at, um, hated the place. Anyway... And I remember sitting in my probably French class, I'm guessing, because it looked at the parking lot and seeing a white Mitsubishi Cordia driving along, thinking, one day I want one of those. Well, fast forward to 1992. I am now in America with no money, not a clue what I was doing with my life, um, living with my uh, godmother who had been good enough to put me up in uh, Washington, D.C., thinking I no longer ever want to work on another car again. And so I decide to come to somewhere called Cheyenne, Wyoming, and go to Cheyenne Aerotech so I could work on aircraft. Well, I needed a car that was going to get me from Maryland to here with everything I owned, which wasn't much. And so sure enough, here I... Here I am getting everything. I'm looking for cars. I'm looking for cars. At that point, I was driving a Chevy Sprint three-cylinder. Awful little thing. But I would, I'd, I'd actually been uh, paid for laying a carpet and building a fence by somebody. And I was given this car without an engine. So then I finagled getting an engine into it. And then got it running, sold it, and I was wandering around with a thousand bucks in my hand. And I start looking through the Baltimore Sun, and there, in the Baltimore Sun, advertises a 1985 Mitsubishi Cordia Turbo. So I pick up the phone, and I call, and it's an Irish lady, and it's her son's car. And I went over there, had a great time, they ended up feeding me dinner and everything else, generosity of people in this country is amazing to me and i bought the car and that car was the car that brought me across the country with everything i owned including my tent which i then got to live on kirk gowdy when i first got here because you couldn't rent anywhere 
But that Cordia's got a, that car and Mitsubishi because of it has a, a pretty special place for me. Anyway, if you remember Mitsubishi's, uh, give me a shout. Some of you may, probably most of them are, are, are not great memories, but uh, there are some good ones. They built some good cars. The Mitsubishi Montero, which was known as a Pajero in, uh, in uh, uh, many other markets. Tough, tough four-wheel drive. You still see an occasional one staggering around here. I believe there's a diesel even. I haven't seen it for a couple of years, but there was there was a, a Montero diesel from the 80s that I, I'd see pretty regularly driving up and down Western Road just a couple of years ago. But uh, they had their place, and seeing them kind of disappear and some of those um, those designs, which really did make a big difference because they were prepared to push the envelope. Companies like that, it's sad to see them go. Anyway, let's jump back to line two. Good morning, you're on Car Gap. Hey, good morning, Nick. This is Frank Southside. Hello, Frank from the Southside. Don't tell me you owned a Mitsubishi. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I've been accused of many things, but... Uh, uh, Jap motorcycles, no problem, but... Uh, was the Cricket a Mitsubishi? Uh, no. No, the Cricket was not a Mitsubishi. The Cricket was a Hillman Avenger. And oh, that, really? was, that was part. So Chrysler had purchased what was known as the Roots Group. Which yeah. was, um, Sun, which produced Hillman, yeah, Sunbeam and Hillman and Humber. Humber was a wonderful, fabulous car from the sixties, um, and the the Cricket was a Hillman Avenger, which was the competitor in Europe, kind of to the the Ford Escort slash Ford Cortina um, type vehicles. I had. It was pretty simple. It was light. And in fact, if I remember rightly, the Cricket was then replaced by the Chevy Chevette oh, uh, in the market, not by the same company, but it was very similar design. Chevrolet produced the Chevette to go up against the Cricket. Yeah, I had a friend of mine years ago call me up and said, hey, come over and help me change uh, engine in this Cricket. I said, sure, no problem. So I went over there and well, you got an engine hoist? He says, oh, no. Oh, no, just of, pull it out. Piece of pipe. <laughs> yeah. a piece of pipe and a chain. <laughs> we, we swapped engines at, at this little tiny little four-cylinder, man. Oh, yeah. No problem. I'm trying to remember. If I remember rightly, it was a 1.7 liter um, uh, engine. It was using quite a lot of... Re In fact, it was, because I think it was the one that was... It was the 1700cc engine that was used in the Sunbeam, um, okay. which, of course, got ripped out and replaced with a V8 to produce the lunatic um, uh, sports car that uh, now gets massive amounts of money. But it was really... it was it, The Cricket was a, a, a very... Uh, desperate attempt by Chrysler um, to they're doing some great stuff as a company um, worldwide it's going to be interesting to see what they do over here um, they're starting to be uh, very aggressive and trying to put dealers on top of dealers on top of dealers and that's going to that's create some problems 
but I, I, the, the, the bikes are, are being really well built. And of course, what they've uh, gone on competition over here is focused on flat track. Um, yeah. And they're being very successful. Now, there is a reason behind it. It's not because Royal Enfield ever had a great history in flat track, because I don't think Royal Enfield ever made a flat track bike. And for those listening in uh, England, flat track is the same as Speedway. Uh, more or less um, in Britain we and most of Europe we had back in the 70s and 80s speedway tracks were, were cinders cinder tracks um, but very similar machine typically no front brake well basically an engine and a frame and a set of bars and two wheels um, but uh, anyway so they had no history really Enfield in that but uh Mike Roark, who is the head of Royal Enfield North America, it was a very, very, very successful professional flat track racer. And so I think that's why you're seeing the flat track piece come in. But what the other piece, I don't know if you've seen it, Frank, but what they're doing to um, support female riders, um, they've got a whole program where they have chosen people who apply for the program and they train them to build the bike themselves and race it so they get all the training in the builds all the training in the racing and there are a couple of young ladies um i think one's melissa paris they're incredible and they got they 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 are reproducing by doing this some grassroots race racing and getting youngsters involved in motorcycle and motorcycle racing and flight track and it's really fun to watch the other thing, I, I sent you a link, uh, I think, yesterday. On the oil someone, change, right? Yeah, on the oil change. Wasn't that interesting? Yeah. Uh, that was, uh, this fellow, he's a Canadian, and I have to feel sorry for anybody in Canada that's a motorcyclist, but I guess they're just hardier than we are. Yeah, uh, they are. <laughs> I don't know. We, it's, it feels felt like we were in Canada this last week. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, Fort Nine is the is the his name's Ryan. He does all this reviews of motorcycle stuff, and he uh, managed to get uh, first oil change samples from all these different uh, dealers, right? And sent them to a lab and had them tested for uh, various junk and particulate matters in there, and then ranked them. You know, obviously, it's a reflection on the factory conditions, how clean they were. Yeah, absolutely. The lowest bottom was the Italian motorcycle. Yeah, well, we shouldn't be surprised at that. Yeah. Um, I, I can tell you that the reliability, the build quality on these M-fields, we are just not seeing problems. And that is, and I'm now three years into being an M-field dealer. Um, we were actually one of the earlier ones who, who kind of took them on. And we're just not seeing problems. And what, are, what we do see is uh, minimal. They're just really small ones. So, yeah, well, hey, Frank, I just looked. I need to get a break in real quick. Okay. Okay. Take care, Nick. All right, Frank. You take care. Feel free to call back. Okay. Bye now. All right. We're going to have a quick break. We'll be right back. AM 650 KGAB.
And yet they did. Whether you're looking for the ultimate adrenaline rush or a heavy-duty utility machine, the 2021 CF Motos are arriving at Cheyenne Motorsports. With a new machine from CF Moto, the price of fun is surprisingly low because all the features you need come standard, like power steering, custom paint, and a powerful winch, all at a price you won't believe. Log on to CheyenneMotorsports.com or see the CF Moto lineup at Cheyenne Motorsports, 2000 Westland Road, delivering fun since 1967. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Cynthia and Ed. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, out of the blue, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. And uh, she didn't know whether she should go forward or, or turn or just stay at the stop sign. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. She was very concerned. It was very unsettling for her. It's important for you to talk to someone about it, to bring the family in on it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, I don't want you to worry or be afraid. I'll be there for you and we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash our stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Six fifty KGAB, and that uh, roll up to the news came in right at the end there, and that does mean that we've only got half an hour left of the show. I do want to just take the last few seconds of this piece of the show just to wish a happy birthday, slightly belated, the very special person in uh, in my family and my life. Um, my aunt Lizzo, I believe, is listening on the island of Jersey. So, in human services and the ad council. In nineteen seventy seven. An eight-year-old boy picked up the game of golf from his father. The odds of that same boy winning the U.S. Open twice, one in 1.2 billion. The odds of him having a child diagnosed with autism, one in 110. Ernie Els encourages you to learn the signs of autism at AutismSpeaks.org. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. NASCAR champion Bobby Lavani here with my brother Terry and my nephew Justin. You know, every sport has its essential safety gear. For racing, we wear helmets, fire retardant suits, and no mex gloves. For fishing, waterfowl hunting, and boating, we wear life jackets. After an intense race, there's nothing more relaxing than bass fishing or a little duck hunting. Who wants to tell you? On the track or on the water, accidents happen fast. 
Your day weather forecast is brought to you by Bob Ruart Motors. The easiest purchase you'll ever make. All roads lead to BobRuartMotors.com. It'll be a good-looking Saturday here around Cheyenne, the region. One more mild day before a cold front arrives overnight tonight. Then we're back in the 30s and near 40 for a high Sunday through Tuesday. Highs this Saturday, though, near 50. Increasing clouds. Motorsports.com or see the CF Moto lineup at Cheyenne Motorsports. 2000 Westland Road, delivering fun since 1967. AM650 KGAB is everywhere you are. On your radio, on your phone, with our free mobile app, and now Alexa. Listen to KGAB on Echo, Dot, and any Alexa device. Just download and enable the KGAB skill on the Alexa app. Then say, Alexa, play KGAB. Now listening to KGAB. We'll even help with tech support. Go to KGAB.com. Click on KGAB on Alexa, and setup is easy from AM650. KGAB. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Cynthia and Ed. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, out of the blue, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. And uh, she didn't know whether she should go forward or, or turn or just stay at the stop sign. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. She was very concerned. It was very unsettling for her. It's important for you to talk to someone about it, to bring the family in on it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, I don't want you to worry or be afraid. I'll be there for you and we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash our stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Hi, uh, I found a toy dinosaur over on the playground by Smith Street. Uh, it had this phone number on it, and, well, uh, I just wanted to make sure the dinosaur made it back to its little owner. Yeah, hi. I think I found your kid's stuffed animal near the swing set. Um, just want to call. I'm sure she misses it. I know my son gets super attached to the smallest things, even a fire truck, uh, and I'd be happy to drop it off. The toy was a little muddy, so I cleaned it up, and um, it's good to go whenever you're around. When I found the little sippy cup, I just had to give you a call. It's for a kid, you know? We'd do anything for kids. Yet one in six children in the U.S. struggle with hunger. Help end childhood hunger and give all of our kids the meals they need to grow. Learn how at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council.
Nick, the motor guy, back here at AM650, KGAB with Cargap. we got about oh, 24 or 25 minutes left of the show today with a couple of breaks. Um, I, I believe that uh, right before the break, I just tried to say happy birthday to one of my relatives listening in the UK, and I don't often get a chance to do that. So happy birthday to my Aunt Lizzie, who's in uh, Jersey, looking, hopefully looking at, uh, at the uh, uh, seafront and uh, relaxing. It's a beautiful view she has. Very, very envious occasionally. It's funny, you get, you, uh, so many joys of living in Cheyenne with the mountains close to us and the sunset hits here, I think, and, and indeed the sun rises, for those of you who are up that early, are uh, absolutely amazing. But uh, having grown up around the ocean, there are times when I still hanker for it a little bit. Anyway... <laughs> If you'd like to join me this morning, 632-6500, Let's jump to line one. Good morning, you're on Cargap. Hey, buddy. Hey, Jeremy, how are you? Man, you know, I mean, I'm hankering for the ocean a lot this week. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, if you wait at the bottom of a hill and it gets warm enough, it'll probably come down on a tidal wave at you. I'm kind of thinking it's going to get warm too fast here. and um, We might have a bit of flooding. Noticed, but <laughs> all of the storm drains have big piles of snow on them right now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, how, how's driving out there? I'm sure it's a nightmare, isn't it? You know, it's not too bad. I mean, I kind of like it this way because you just make up the rules as you go along. <laughs> you, Jeremy? Oh, you shock me. <laughs> <laughs> but you're bringing up all kinds of great stuff like Mitsubishi. Um, well, that's not great stuff, but... Well, there was some great stuff out of they it. Made your fa- they made your favorite grocery getter. What was that? The Dodge Caravan. Well, the engine was... It was a Mitsubishi V6, yes. And, and uh, man, I mean, you could get to from zero to 60 by Wednesday. Yeah, and you know what a lot of people don't remember when they went out and spent tens of thousands of dollars on a Dodge Caravan. What that car underneath was? A Dodge Aries. <laughs> it was an Aries platform. Yes, indeed. It was a brilliant move yet again by Iacocca and his engineers to take an existing platform, plant something that might be useful on top of it, call it a kind of a cool name, and sell millions and millions of dollars of them. And I know all your Ford buddies really like their Mazda B Series Rangers. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. And of course, before their Ford Ranger built on the B-Series, there was the... See how good you are today, Joe. The Courier! Darn, you're good. And and on the the, uh, dark side, also known the General Motors side, we had the competitor of the Courier, which was... The Datsun. No. Chevy Love. The Chevy Love, which was actually an Isuzu. Was it Isuzu? Yes, it was an Isuzu. Okay. Yes. There you go. How's that? And I just want to go through my emergency kit here real quick and make sure I got the right stuff in it. Uh, You mean you're going to educate me? I got got four packs of Camel cigarettes. Okay, this is unnecessary. That is not for health, but go on. I've got three liters of bourbon. (laughs) 
<laughs> this is not being helpful, Jeremy. I've got all of my Rush cassette tapes. Okay, yeah, understand that one. Do you have a cassette player, though? No. Well, I guess at Those least you can anymore. at least you can pretend to find some uh, scotch tape and glue them back together like we used to, right? Yeah, there's that. And then uh, signal flares. What was that? I missed that. Signal flares. Okay, yeah, signal flares important. That's the first useful and, uh, thing you've actually talked about. Well, other than the rush tapes. <laughs> And sunglasses, because if you're going to freeze, you might as well look cool, right? <laughs> so, we didn't consider some water to go with the bourbon? or <laughs> You're impossible. I, what do you really need in life? I mean, that should, that should sustain you for several days. <laughs> yeah. I, well, and of course, it's with you, you're carrying your own fuel source. <laughs> well... <laughs> Uh, don't don't tell IFTA that. Okay, uh, okay I don't, I wouldn't say I I didn't say that. It's all right. The FCC and them they don't speak to each other. It's all good. Next blizzard we have, you know, let me know. I'll come and play on the tractors with you. Yeah, yeah. You can. Uh, my my back's gonna take a week to recover. I think my spine is now the same part of the back of my skull. Someone <laughs> doesn't do much good for it either. No. But we got it done, and as I said, hopefully everybody's out. But if you're not, give me a call. All right, man. All right, Jeremy, be careful out there. Thanks for all you do, my friend. Bye. Bye-bye. And uh, Jeremy and all the truck drivers out there throughout this time, maybe between the pandemics and the weather and everything else, um, they're, they're to me of the most forgotten of the essential workers um, and deserve so much gratitude from all of us for what they have done and keep doing. So thanks to all of you out there. Let's jump over to line two. Good morning, you're on Cargap. Sorry, who's this? Paul. Hello, Paul. Hey, I have a question for you. I have a son that's... Uh saving up his money and he wants to buy his first uh, motorcycle he did the course and he got his license but uh he's, he's got his heart set on a sort of an enduro so he can do a little off-road as well but wonder if you could give give me a pointer on uh, what what he should be looking for so he wants to do on road and off-road he's a new rider he's a uh, rider teenager yeah. and he's only and he's only got, I'm sorry, he's only got about three grand saved up. So we're wondering if that's going to, he's been looking a little bit, not much out there on Craigslist or various places. So there's not a lot out there. An idea for a good used bike. Yeah. So as an entry level endurance, this is what I taught PJ on as he was starting to learn on road was on a Suzuki DR200. It's a single cylinder. It's a single cylinder. It's pretty gentle power. It's light, but it's still got the um, some decent suspension for um, a little bit of off-road use. Um, it's not fast. I mean, top speed if you wring its neck is probably seventy seventy-five. They've been building them since the beginning of time. I'm not quite, but I mean, that bike's been around in some form or another for about 25 years. 
So the reason for that is there's lots of them out there, number one. There's lots of cheap parts out there, number two. So if he does break something, you can learn inexpensively how to fix it himself. Uh, it's it's a good, solid first machine if you were looking for the Enduro site. Um, the other ones, although they're starting to go up in value, uh, which is kind of crazy to me, but um, the Honda XL 250, although make sure somebody yeah. has a good listen to it for you because they tended to be abused and therefore get very rattly on the top end. Um, the Yamaha XT250 or XT350s from the late 80s through the 90s. Again, engine that was built is still being used today in the modern XT250. Air-cooled, simple yeah. to look after. So any of those now, would Nick, be... Are those, are those bikes good for it? He's a tall kid. He's about uh, 180 pounds and six foot three, so he's got so a pretty long legs. PJ so is sick. PJ six two and probably I'm guessing around the same weight, um, okay. and so he fit on the DR fairly well. I mean his legs were kind of around the tank, but again it, it's a bike that's very forgiving for a new rider. Um, the okay. XT two fifty three fifty it's going to be a bit tighter for him. Um, a KLX two fifty or KLX three hundred, but again have somebody look at it before he buys it because some of them had valve issues and that can get quite pricey if it has a problem. Okay. Um, Excellent. Yeah. So the, the, all of those. Um, also, if you could find a a Suzuki DR four hundred, um, a little heavier but still very forgiving power wise. And you should be able to get into one of the, any of those that I mentioned, you know, sort of 15 years, 12, 15 or more years old, um, for three grand or less. One of the advantages, of course, being up here is they may be a 15 year old motorcycle, but a lot of these things only have a thousand miles on them. Right, right. I've, I've noticed that, yeah, on the, on the few that he's looked at. But, and uh, please okay. get a hold of me if you're not sure what you're buying. I will, I will look oh, at absolutely. it for nothing for you. Please, please give me a shout. I'd much rather on his first bike that he gets some help um, than than makes a mistake that puts him off riding. I, I will do that. Thank you so much, Nick. Thank absolutely. You. Best of luck. Thanks so much. Sure. Take care. Never quits. That's Napa know-how. Same-day pickup and next-day delivery available at participating stores and on in-stock items only. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Cynthia and Ed. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, out of the blue, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. And uh, she didn't know whether she should go forward or, or turn or just stay at the stop sign. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. She was very concerned. It was very unsettling for her. It's important for you to talk to someone about it, to bring the family in on it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, I don't want you to worry or be afraid. I'll be there for you and we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash our stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Hi, uh, I found a toy dinosaur over on the playground by Smith Street. Uh, it had this phone number on it, and, well, uh, I just wanted to make sure the dinosaur made it back to its little owner. Yeah, hi. I think I found your kid's stuffed animal 
near the swing set. Um, just want to call. I'm sure she misses it. I know my son gets super attached to the smallest things, even a fire truck, uh, and I'd be happy to drop it off. The toy was a little muddy, so I cleaned it up, and um, it's good to go whenever you're around. When I found the little sippy cup, I just had to give you a call. It's for a kid, you know? We'd do anything for kids. Yet one in six children in the U.S. struggle with hunger. Help end childhood hunger and give all of our kids the meals they need to grow. Learn how at feedingamerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council. AM 650 KGAB, Nick the Motor Guy, back here on Cargab. That last call, and thanks for calling, Paul, uh, just had me reminiscing as I was uh, sitting here waiting for the commercials to finish and 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 thinking about my, my first bike and buying it and uh, my father helping with it and just what an education it was to, to on, a, on a used bike, on an older bike, which might not have been that reliable. Well, it wasn't. Um, having to learn about the machine, having to listen to the machine. It's something I talk about quite often on this show is with the modern vehicles, they're so good. They're so well built. The computers hide all the noises and vibrations and um, you don't have to worry about setting points or setting a carburetor or any of that stuff. But... I think one of the pieces, particularly of motorcycling, for me, um, is still the the listening to the machine, the feeling how it runs, and and getting an older bike and having to learn it and having to be aware of it as your first machine. In my opinion, there's, there's no better way of learning motorcycling. Yes, it can be a little frustrating, which is why. And I put this offer out there to anybody, and I've been doing this for years, both with all the Midas stores and with the and with Shire Motorsports. If you're looking at a used car, a used truck, a used bike, and you don't feel confident or you're not sure, please, please give us a call. We will take a look at it. I have said this many 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 times and i will repeat it many more times i would much rather have my guys tell you um you shouldn't that yeah don't buy it than you shouldn't have bought it that is one of the worst things for us to to have to say or worst things for me to have to say is oh no why did you buy this look at this thing it is um it's just a tough conversation to have. I'd much rather have that tough conversation before somebody parts uh, parts with uh, uh, a bunch of money. So, 
Anyway, we're going to take another break. We'll be right back here to finish up the show on AM650 KGAB. The Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council present the story of Cynthia and Ed. My mother was always very active and independent, and she was familiar with her neighborhood. But one day, out of the blue, she stopped at the stop sign for much longer than usual. And uh, she didn't know whether she should go forward or, or turn or just stay at the stop sign. She wasn't even really sure where she was at. She was very concerned. It was very unsettling for her. It's important for you to talk to someone about it, to bring the family in on it. I felt so much better after my son told me, Mom, I don't want you to worry or be afraid. I'll be there for you and we'll figure it out. When something feels different, it could be Alzheimer's. Now is the time to talk. Visit alz.org slash our stories to learn more. A message from the Alzheimer's Association and the Ad Council. Take the motor guy back here on AM 650 KGAB. We got about five minutes left of the show today. If you'd like to join me, call 632 6500 632 3323. 1 I just want to let everybody know I will be taking a couple of weeks off, a couple of Saturdays off over the um, starting next week. So, uh, we will be doing a recorded show. In fact, I hope to be coming on the studio on Wednesday and just, just do some recordings. So there will be some fresh stuff, uh, going to be on while I'm away, but it won't be live call-ins. So, uh, hopefully you can still, still take a listen. And I promise you, they're not going to replay the Jeep one from 2015. In fact, I think they've actually lost that one now. So that will never be heard again. I, which is a good thing because I think it was heard about 15 times over the last couple of years. Anyway, let's jump back to line one. Good morning, you're on Cargab. Hi, Nick. This is Pat. Hello, Pat. I'm your car hop girl. How are you? I'm good. I, I planned on calling you before, but I I get to listening and then I forget to call. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I'm glad you're listening still. But I wanted to ask you, you're talking about foreign cars. Yes. And I was wondering, wh who makes Suzuki then? It isn't Japanese, is it? Yes, it's Suzuki. Is <laughs> Suzuki is Japanese, yes. They were, for a time, part of the um, uh, of GM for a little while, back in the mid-2000s, but that all got split back up again after the, uh, after the, the, the financial meltdown in 08. 
Um, but they, yes, Suzuki is uh, is Suzuki from Japan, and both on the motorcycle and the car side. Of course, the car side has disappeared, um, but the power sport side, both in the motorcycle and even bigger in the marine side, is still here in the U.S. Well, I still have mine. <laughs> yeah, your little white one. It got you up here. It had three hundred thousand, close to three hundred thousand. Yeah, those things are those things are tough. Yeah, they're really they're very and very economical. Yes. Yeah. Well, thanks for letting me bend your ear today, Nick. I just wanted to let you know I listen. Well, it, it's great to hear you. Thank you for, thank you so much for calling in and uh, stay in touch. We'll hopefully get you up for a cruise night this year. Okay. That sounds great. Take care, my dear. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And let's jump over to line two. Good morning, you're on Cargav. that me? That's you. Hey, I got a real quick question off the subject of cars, though. Okay. I have, uh, my son's got an older Chevy pickup truck, and he said it's stuck in four high. Or not four, yeah, four high. Okay. Uh, I don't know, I haven't seen it yet, but uh, isn't there a way you have to push it to the side to push it back into too low? So, too high. Too, too high. So, um, how old is Chevy pickup? Oh, I'm like 59. It's a, how old? A 69, or I think it's a 69. So, the linkage on that, so that, if it was a 69, it should have a big old cast iron transfer case probably in it. And the linkage in that may well have got a bunch of snow stuffed up under it, and it may not be able to move. Okay. So that's a good. Idea. So more than likely, you probably got to dig that snow carefully from around the linkage, or just let it melt, and it'll probably be able to pop it back in the too high. All right, that's, I, I didn't want to go starting to tear it up and uh, jamming it and kicking it or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. You bet. You take care. You bet. I love your show. Oh, thank you. Thanks for calling in. You bet. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye-bye. And with that, we are at the top, almost at the end of the show today. I want to take a minute and again say thank you to everybody out there in the community who helped all their neighbors. Um, this, was, this was a tough week for a lot of people, but it just shows how strong our community is. And everywhere I went, there was somebody helping dig somebody out. Um, and... As I said, when we were driving the tractors around, we'd stop and we'd dig somebody out and everyone generously offering money. And that's that's not what it's about. It's about helping your neighbors. It's about looking after each other in this great community that we're lucky enough to have. So congratulations to everybody here. Thank you again to all the first responders. Thank you again to all the truck drivers who are keeping food coming to our stores. And just thanks to everybody who listens to the show each week and makes it what it is. Everybody, I'll speak to you live in, uh, well, it'll be three weeks, but we will be doing a recorded show the next couple of weeks. So everybody take care and we'll speak soon. Bye-bye.
running out of room at our southern border. I'm Pam Puso, Fox News. Detention centers are filling to capacity as women and children continue to travel north to the U.S. As a result, communities across the country could be asked to house migrants. Chris Riggs is the mayor of Gila Bend, Arizona. He tells Fox News he doesn't have the resources. Where they're anticipating doing these drops at is within 30 yards of our school. It is in a park and, and understand Helobin is a small community. Republicans blame the Biden administration for creating a crisis. Senate Democrat Chris Murphy, who saw the dire conditions in Texas yesterday, defended the White House, saying it's trying to uphold the rule of law with humanity. No suspects in Dallas, where six people were shot at a nightclub early this morning, one of them fatally. Police say the shooting at the Prime nightclub happened during a fight between two groups. A disappointing night for Ohio State at the NCAA men's basketball tournament has turned into a police investigation. ESPN is reporting that Buckeyes forward E.J. Liddell received threatening text messages from two fans following Ohio's 75-72 overtime upset loss to Oral Roberts. One of the messages reportedly said, we hate you, I hope you die. In a statement, Ohio State's coach called the messages vile and dangerous. China's growing influence in the Indo-Pacific region has the U.S. and India pledging to expand their military cooperation. India, in particular, is an increasingly important partner among today's rapidly shifting international dynamics. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin in New Delhi. America's listening to Fox News. presents podcasts women of the bible speak i'm shannon bream host of fox news at night and author of the new book women of the bible speak the wisdom of 16 women and their lessons for today where i examine the timeless stories of women in the bible join me and some of my friends for this limited podcast series as we discuss what it means to be a woman of faith the first episode is available march 22nd subscribe now on apple podcasts spotify foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you download your podcasts Connect to Fox News Audio and the Fox News app. Listen to hear your favorite hosts like Brian Kilmeade, Jimmy Fallon, and Guy Benson standing up for what's right live and via podcast. Just click listen, then swipe right and hear the latest news updates on your time. And scroll down to hear the latest podcasts from Fox News. And it's even easier to listen in the car with Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. Get programming alerts and notifications. Fox News Audio is on the Fox News app. The Voices America Trusts. Download it now. Much of Europe is behind when it comes to vaccinations against the coronavirus, but Britain is ahead of schedule. Officials say half of the country's adults have received at least one dose of vaccine. The government hopes to reach everybody over the age of 18 by the end of July. Social distancing rules in schools are being relaxed by the CDC, and many parents are hoping the change will lead to more in-person instruction. Six feet of space is no longer required in most situations. Now, in a recent study in Massachusetts, it found no significant distance in COVID infection rates between students sitting three feet or six feet apart. The CDC director also cited another study from Florida, which found a majority of students who contracted the virus got it outside the school. 
Fox's Lucas Tomlinson. The highest court in Louisiana is planning to resume jury trials next month. The state Supreme Court suspended jury trials because of the pandemic, and since then, a backlog of cases has built up. Meantime, in New York, some courtroom precautions coupled with upgrades appear to have paid off. The wheels of justice just about ground to a halt over the past year thanks to the coronavirus. Those waiting for their day in court were forced to wait a lot longer than imagined. But the two federal courthouses in Manhattan found a way to get things moving again after months of inactivity by creating a pandemic-safe environment. How? By introducing air-filtered plexiglass booths for witnesses and an audio system that allows lawyers to whisper to one another without spreading their germs, to disinfecting documents before they change hands. The COVID-friendly courtrooms could become the new standard for halls of justice everywhere. Karen McHugh, Fox News. A volcano in Iceland that started erupting after hundreds of years of dormancy should not interfere with air travel. So far, flights in and out of Reykjavik.